um, you were doing classic hip hop on the speaker. Yeah. In the cart. In the cart. Yeah. Loved it. We are, we just did a podcast uh, off off air, off recording. Yeah. And then we're going to do another one. Yeah. Should we do a podcast about what we just talked about? Yeah, exactly. Um, I will say... Uh, this is the first podcast down here at the Bridge Street Recording Studio. Yeah. Where the window has been open. Uh, and you can hear kind of the spring peepers going. I don't know if that's going to show up on the audio, but it's pretty awesome, actually. I know. We should probably isolate them and get them their own audio track. Yeah, just um, have peepers in the background. For the well, and so we can control it. Because, you know, if they get out of control, it's it's not good for the for the broadcast. You know, it's kind of podcast. It's, it's like uh, the ambient noise in like a... A World Series broadcast where they just go with the fan noise, which actually I really love. And I don't, I'm not really a huge baseball guy. Yeah. But I, I like playoff baseball and I like the sound of the crowd that they allow you to hear during a baseball game. Absolutely. Right. And it's great to hear the fans at both Yankee Stadium and right. Fenway. Yeah. Because it seems like maybe those are the two franchises where people show up all the time and make a lot of noise. Yeah, I think so. Like, like the Tampa Bay Devil Rays are not getting a lot of people to show up and, and yeah. scream and cheer. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah. I've never been to a Tampa Bay game. I've been to been to a Yankees game. It was really interesting. Like, And this is, you know, once again, my sort of non-baseball person bias. And I went to a Yankees game years ago with my uncle. He's a huge Yankees guy. Mm-hmm. And it was against the Red Sox. And this was, you know, uh, pre pre-Johnny Damon becoming a Yankee. So whatever. Date, that that right? was a terrible event. Yeah, it was know. a terrible We know. It's like that's when he yeah, sold he had, his Yeah, he soul. had to cut his hair. Yeah, that was just terrible. Yeah. But it was funny. At the time, I thought I really didn't have a preference between the two teams. But if you go to a game between the Yankees and the Red Sox and you don't choose a team, then you have no soul. I swear to God. Because it was oh, really clear God. to me that I was rooting for the Red Sox. And I don't know if it's just because my underdog thing where, where I'm in the Yankee stadium and I'm rooting for the away team, or if I just didn't like the Yankees, but I'm familiar with the Yankees. It was just really interesting for me. I was like, all right, so I guess I am a Red Sox fan. You know, if it comes down to Red Sox or Yankees, that's definitely where I'm going. Well, we've talked a lot about you and you living in new England now and what that means as a sports fan. It's a lot of pressure. It's not a lot of pressure because being a New England sports fan means that you're living large, baby. You're living good, right? What do you mean? You got well. What do we have? We have the Celtics in the playoffs right now. Right. We have the Bruins in the playoffs right now. Slow, slow it down. The Celtics in the playoffs. Like ninety-three percent of the NBA teams make the playoffs. Wow. And the Celtics are not going to get past the Sixers. That's debatable. Oh, really? That is debatable. Dude, the Sixers are going all the way. I don't. I don't see that happening. Okay, all right, moving on. And then the Bruins. <laughs> the Bruins are in. They're, I think they're going to struggle. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to struggle. Right. So we've got two teams struggling in the playoffs, right? And then the Patriots, which are like, they're like the Roman Empire. Just We're just waiting for the whole thing to collapse. That is very true. Right? That is very true. But it true. might go on another 30 or 40 years. We don't really know. Right? I mean, we just need a couple more years. 
years. <laughs> just a couple more years. Just a couple more years until Tommy, right. you know, d- decides to, to right. be a mo- motivational speaker or whatever he's going to do. I mean, really, Boston is the Patriots town, right? Like, you can't... I mean, you, I don't know, because I remember, like, listening to, like, interviews with, with Tom Brady, like, years ago when he was, you know, yeah. uh, the, the young guy in town. Yeah. And it was all Red Sox. Like, right. the town was all about the Red Sox. And I still think, to some degree, that it is that way. That it's still a Red Sox town? That it's still a Red Sox town. That they're really just... And all... it, I think it has so much to do with the fact that the, it's right in the middle of town. Wait, so you're saying that Boston is a Red Sox town? Yeah, and the they're last, the first, the the first last, thought for, for sports teams. And for the last town. 15 years, everybody's just been bandwagoning on these the, the Patriots? No. <laughs> no. Like, certainly. I mean, they're, yeah. you know, they're, they're different seasons. They're different yeah. sports, you know? But I think in everybody's uh, heart of hearts, yeah. they're Red Sox fans first. Right. And they don't really care about the Bruins. That's hockey, man. Yeah. What do we feel about hockey? I I like I like I enjoy it from time to time, but like I'm not a hockey guy. I'm not. I try. I have really close friends who and family who love hockey, and and I try. I try. I want to like hockey more. And actually, it's actually very similar to a comment that we have on our podcast on the iTunes Store, which was Ooh, I like. I this. W- I want to like this podcast, and I'll keep trying. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Oh my god! I I do know what that means. Yeah, no, and, and I like they want us to succeed, yeah. but we have to get something for them that they that we they have to really give them something like. To sink their teeth into. I thought that was a hysterical comment. I um, wish we could get some some background on on <laughs> who that was. On you who that see, was. You can go on the iTunes Store and see that comment and see where that person has commented on other podcasts, which I thought was pretty awesome. Like whoever that is, rock on, brother! <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, so, did you watch the NFL draft? Did you pay any attention to that charade? I did pay attention to it in the fact that uh, it came and went, and I'm really psyched every time it goes away because I could care less. Really? Because it's all just you know, it's all just manufactured PR blather. Absolutely, it is. It is for ratings, and it's for something to talk about. It's for content, and I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I That's totally awesome. I totally loved it. I like. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so amazing, like, and I and not to sort of be a marketing sap, but every time I think the NFL has totally lost me, they figure out a way to kind of suck me back in. So you, you like are are thinking about the top five and totally. the top three and well, how many quarterbacks a, are going to go in the first Broncos round? Had a top five pick, and so I was, right. and so I was interested. You know, what are they going to do? Are they going to trade down? Are they going to take quarterback? Blah, blah, blah. They, they yeah, left there, you right? should state for the pod who, who your team is. Well, the Broncos, right? I grew up in I grew up in Colorado. I, it was a one sports town. It, it was Broncos, and, like, it still is. Like, if you can't talk football in Denver, you're going to be really lonely. Right, and there's a this tiny group of people that, that hang out and cluster around this two, one or two bars that are Denver Nuggets fans. The, yeah, yeah. The There's nuggets, a few of them. There was a. It's so funny. Like there was a, there was a poll when I was probably still in high school, that said, "Do you think that the Nuggets franchise will ever win an NBA championship?" <laughs> and and it was resounding like, no. Like, <laughs> really? Like, Everyone was no like, faith. "This is not going to happen." No faith. And yeah, and it's really you know uh, the Nuggets. Um, I mean, I remember. I mean, 
the Nuggets were on Channel 2 KWGN growing up. I used to watch with Dan Issel, Dan, the Missile Issel, with like the receding hairline and Alex English and David Thompson and Kiki Vanderway. Um, nice you know, name. Those were, those were the old school Nuggets, um, which then became, you know, I mean, Allen Iverson played for the Nuggets for a while. Right. You know, and I mean, so they've had, you know, Ooh, and, uh, uh, Mello. Mello played there. Yeah. Yeah. Never met a team he couldn't destroy, you know, and, uh, but anyway, I mean, like, you know, the, the the NBA stuff, I, I think, um, I, I mean, you went to a Celtics game recently. It's super impressive to go see live. Like, it's almost... It's amazing. It, it's very much like hockey. Like, you can watch it on TV and it kind of gives you an idea what's going on, but you go see it in person and it'll, like, professional athletes, whether it's tennis or basketball or hockey, like, those those people are are amazing. They really are. Like, the speed and the size all combined is remarkable. It is crazy, and I think my my brother sent me some stupid statistic. It's not even a statistic; it's more of just a little fact. It's just of like the, the world's tallest people, uh, uh like eighty percent of seven foot males in the world are playing professional basketball. <laughs> right. right, right, and which just shows you like how few people right. there are of this size. And they're all playing basketball. What's it? So, at my house right now, a big conversation is... Oh, oh, well, hold on. How tall are you? I'm 6'4". Oh, you're not... Yeah. Like, so Dwayne, like, Dwayne Wayne's taller than you. Totally. I'm like... So yeah. When I've gone... But you her, seem like a tall guy. I do. For normal humans. And then, like... And right. then you get me... I'm, like, actually on the top end of normal. You get beyond me, and you're definitely in sort of the weird... That sounds like a great thing that you, you say to your wife when you're coming. I'm actually on the top end of normal. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I mean, but I can still buy shoes, you know, and mm-hmm. clothes without mm-hmm. going to the big and tall store. Though I went to the big and tall store once, and it was it was like heaven. I was like this little petite thing, you know, and it was it was wonderful. Oh, and you could get like sales oh. for sales stuff. I was like a was- small... You were small at the big and tall, the big and tall store. store. You know, at the big and tall store, nothing's on sale. It's all uh, because yeah. they got you. Like they know you're you're special, but you're gonna pay full boat. Um, my wife has a very small foot, and she's a runner, so she is always going to these stores, and like they have these like she's like a size six shoe. Yeah, it's really small. Right, and she six. always gets these shoes for like you know twenty bucks or something. Cause, right, because it's a kid size. It's, it's essentially yeah. a good shoe. Yeah. I feel like most of the time, though, you know, like if I buy a shoe and you buy a shoe, it's the same price, but I get like six inches more of leather. <laughs> so I feel like I'm kind of... You're getting a good deal. It. But I'm waiting for the day when they start charging by the pound on airplanes or something like that, then I'm really screwed, you know, because they probably should. Like, honestly, that's that would be the most equi- equitable way. Like, you want, you know, you're 250 and you're 150, like, why not just charge by the pound? It seems to make perfect sense to me. Everybody now has heard about the guy that wore all of his clothes for his vacation at once. What? Have you heard about this guy? And he got on the plane? Yeah. Yeah. Instead of bringing carry on? And it was so funny because, like, uh, the last trip on a plane that we took, I think we were going to D.C. Yeah. And we're like, we're really going to pay, like, 50 bucks per bag? Yeah. Or why, why don't we just wear them? <laughs> and there's this guy that did this. I don't. We, no, I, I. Again, I don't know. Uh, I don't know who, who's the intern du jour. Yeah, the intern Sheldon. Oh, yeah, Sheldon. 
All right, so let's link a bunch of stuff, man. We gotta introduce today's anyway. There's guest. there's video of the guy who yeah. who wore all of his vacation clothing That's at story. once and got on the plane. I love that. Yeah, love that. I, I, I my the thing about planes that still up to this day amazes me is that you're that you're a couple miles up in the air moving. Yeah. I don't know, 700, 800 miles an hour. Which is amazing in itself. Which is amazing, just by itself. Yeah. There's someone walking towards you with a bar cart, and yet people can <laughs> find ways to complain about it. Like, it's a fucking miracle. Like, that the whole thing can even happen. Yeah. And people are like, I don't know. The TV's not working. It's like, you're, you're in a spaceship, man. Like, <laughs> like it's amazing. I, I say to my kids all the time when we do it, you know, it's once a year or something like that. It's like, this is amazing. We started... It's amazing. Yeah. I we started in Burlington, Vermont, and ended we, up in Calcutta. Right. It's amazing. Yeah. And, it, you know, and it's, it's uh, you know, it, it's, it's an interesting thing now, too. I, I think that the innovation of putting TVs in all the seatbacks is essentially like giving everybody a Valium. Like, they, they, they... Oh, yeah. You know, it just, it subdues everyone... But it is interesting. I remember, I mean, we're both old enough to remember getting on planes and you get on a plane and nobody had cell phones. There were no movies. And so the person next to you would say, where are you from? Where are you headed? And yeah. you'd immediately strike up a conversation with the person next to you. Now, nobody ever says anything to anybody on a plane. Not, and I don't want to be that guy. I'm not trying to say that, like, right. that's how, that was better then because, honestly, like, it's pretty awesome to get on a plane and not have to worry about talking to the person next to you. But at the same point, it is an interesting um, interesting culture. Well, we could go deep. We could go deep. We could go deep. Yeah. yeah. But first, let, let's explain what was supposed to happen. Right, our special guest. Yes, and what is going to happen. What, so what's going to happen is... And what, gonna, what, what episode are we on? We're on episode... Hey, this is episode 10. 10th anniversary. 10th anniversary, I know. Which yeah. means officially that we can start recycling material. Is that what I was thinking? Oh, great. We're going we're gonna to pause for a station identification. <laughs> we go back we're to the best beer. The, last the best of Super Local. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, episode number 10. So it means that for our press release this week, we're going we're gonna to talk about how Sheldon didn't show up. Right? Correct. Right. So Sheldon Foley was going to show up for right. our golf spectacular. That's right. A me, first annual. Let me say it one more time. First annual golf spectacular. Um <laughs> But he uh, is indisposed. Indisposed. I don't, I don't know how deep we want to go into well, that. I don't think we should go too deep because it is, you know, we have a lot of local listeners. And right, we and we do have to see him from time to time. Exactly. But he didn't show up, so fuck you, Sheldon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, That's what we were looking for. Yeah. This is our right. first cancellation, and we're going to do the Golf Spectacular. Without him. Without him. Yeah. So, so we don't really need him anyway. You know, I mean, he's... I mean, he's like, you know, he would be amusing and and fun to make fun of. But since he's not here, we'll just make fun of him anyway. We'll make fun of him anyway. Yeah. So the Golf Spectacular. So just to be clear, yeah. windows open, peepers are chirping away out there. I don't know if you can hear it. It's pretty awesome. Like, we went from so like yeah. four days ago, it was snowing still. Like, uh, some of the guys in the office came over the gap. There were five inches of snow on the top of the gap. Did you mm-hmm. know that? Like, on Monday or Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And then it... Flipped. It's all at my house, yeah. It flipped, and I'm in shorts and flip flops, and it's well, maybe not today, but I was in flip flops earlier. Yeah. Um, it went full on summer, uh, and the animals are on a, the move right now. Too. Oh, dude! Did I tell you so? And my uh, we had a porcupine incident last night. 
whoa, with one of our dogs. And oh, so, man. so, and we didn't even notice, like, you know, she, she apparently got into the porcupine and then came in and somehow like got into bed. And when I woke up this morning and saw her and she has like, you know, 12 quills popping out of her lower lip and I, you know, took her to the vet and the, you know, right. the vet here is amazing. You mm-hmm. know, the, the animal hospital, they're so great. And I asked them like, you know, are you seeing a lot of porcupine quills? And they're like, oh yeah, this is like the fourth dog in the last two days that's come in with porcupine quills. So if you're listening out there, everybody woke up. Yeah, everybody's awake. Everybody's awake. You know, spring is here. The birds are chirping. I mean, it's uh, and uh, and this Saturday is, in addition to being the Kentucky Derby and Cinco de Mayo, which sounds like a terrible cocktail coming our way. Yeah, but it's also uh, the closing day of ski season, the opening day of baseball, the opening day of lacrosse, the opening day of spring soccer, and the opening day at the golf course. I mean, it's. Uh, it's in like, our like, little Mad River Valley, it's there's the like everything's happening. Everything's it's happening. It's all turning over, and it's awesome, you know. And, yeah. I, and I will say, you know, it's funny. Like having lived in ski towns, um, and I love skiing and everything like that. But at the end of the ski season in a ski town, yeah, you got like two and a half months to go before you're golfing, <laughs> you know, because there's still there's still twenty inches of snow everywhere. So know? that's probably the biggest story out of it is is they're skiing and golfing. This happening weekend. this weekend it's pretty amazing the daily double is what i like to call that you know like if you can if you can ski and do some other sport in the same day right that's awesome that's a great day and uh and i'm not and i think sugarbush is doing some sort of deal right they're they're doing like a, I some think sort you of mentioned it last podcast they have some sort of package I'm pretty for sure stay yeah. ski and golf all at awesome. the same time and i can give you a quick report driving by sugarbush golf course how'd it look Green, like they yeah. need to cut the grass. Well, that's probably true. Which is crazy. Yeah, because but they probably don't want to cut it yet, right? They want to let no, it grow no. out a bit. Yeah, right. Growing right before it goes. Right, right before they open. I bet it looks green. And they're putting out all the stuff and the little, you know, the yeah. chairs and the, you know, that's awesome. All the little stakes and things like that. And so what? What? What's on your secret golf checklist there? Okay, that you're hiding from me. I, I, I'm not hiding it from you. <laughs> I can't wait to talk to you about it. So. My feeling about the the golf spectacular yeah. was this is where Super Local gets to take stock of the game. Of the game. Of where we are in the game. Where we are in the game. Wow. And not not professionally, although we'll get to that at the very end. But but where we are in the game is enjoying it, the sure. culture of it. Um It's a e- big topic. Gear a little bit, maybe. And what I, we what we like, what we don't like, and, and how thoughts. it's going to keep going. I have thoughts. I know that. you do. <laughs> and maybe I'll interview you yeah, there for you this go. section. All right. Um, all right. So for for there, there's a number of bullet points that I came up with. Okay. Um, first one being attire. Attire. Golf attire. Golf attire. Yeah. Um, at our local course. Yes. There there is a a dress code. Yes. That you must stick to. Yes. And I don't have a problem sticking to it, but really, it just, to me, it feeds into it being a terrible sports culture. Yeah. Which it is. Yeah. I don't know if you have thoughts about that. I mean, I do. I, 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 and it's interesting. I've been to golf courses where, uh, which with, with stricter golf 
uh, with dress codes. Uh, yeah. Where they'll, yeah. they'll look at you and say, uh, sir, could you tuck your shirt in? Um, yeah. And, and I look at him like, are you talking to me? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, but uh, I, I have to say, you know, I mean, I think the golf dress code is ridiculous. Yeah. You know, I, I do think, um, you know, I, I think that, uh, I mean, it's it's funny. It's I, I don't think you can actually pull the dress code out from the rest of the golf culture. It's really hard to do. And, you know, and I think they are sort of one and the same. And there is certainly a, you know, it's funny. Like when there's too many people at a golf course, they raise the rates. You right. Know, because they don't. They don't want more people. They want just enough people to be profitable and that their members can be happy. And so, and it's and it's interesting. And I also know, like, there's I've been on golf courses, which are old, blue bloody kind of courses, where if you're seen on your cell phone anywhere on the course, they mail you a fifty dollar fine, which I think is, wow, which I think is awesome, you know. But it, but I think you know there is something to the fact, however, that you are not just playing a course you're interacting with all the other people on the course at the same time right so true your true. your pace of play your pace of play your, dictates the pace of play of, of everyone around you're you. like if you're playing music it, if you're being a jackass it's going to potentially impact somebody else's game on the next hole either before or in front of you and that's not really cool in my opinion like if you want to Wear whatever you want to wear and are playing at a speed of play and are keeping to yourself. I think that's totally fine. Uh, I think uh, as long as there's like a level of trying to <laughs> trying to help create the illusion that you're the only one out there. Like, because I think that's really like when you go to a really well-designed golf course. Right. Like you can't see the next hole. So right. it really seems like you're the only one on that hole. And that's where people get irritated is when there's something Right, and else. you faintly see the people Faint. uh, uh, behind Disappearing you or you. in front of you. And yes, and right. just moving on at the precise just pace. Just enough. And, and, and so I think the apparel is irrelevant as long as all those other things are important. Do you want to comment on the apparel in general and whether it's good or not? Like saddle shoes? Yeah. I think saddle shoes are done. Well... Yeah, I, I do think so. I, they could come up with a new golf shoe, and that would be that would be pretty cool. I mean, obviously, like you look at the, like you watch a pro tournament. What yeah. those guys are wearing are what the golf companies are trying to feed us, and I don't think either one of us wants to be seen in white pants. And there's a lot of fucking white pants out there. Oh, I said the f bomb again. I, I promise I'm gonna stop saying that. But the white pants for golfers is is a little much. But you gotta love Ricky Fowler. Ricky Fowler with the orange shirt. Yeah. And the white pants and the yeah. white golf shoes. If I looked like Ricky, I would wear the same thing, you know, but I don't. So right. I look more like Ernie Els at this point. <laughs> it's really it's kind of and my Ernie's way. wearing saddle yeah. shoes and some, yeah. some khakis. And he doesn't, but you know, there's yeah. guys like uh, uh, Freddie Couples who are wearing skateboard shoes and no socks and, you oh, know, yeah. Yeah. just wearing stuff. He doesn't wear a glove, you know, and it's funny. Like, I think the collared shirt thing is is antiquated. I think you want to wear something athletic and I think and that's about it, you know. Um you you saw my, my attire. I think it was either last fall or, or last spring. Your golf attire? Yeah, it was a uh, it was a certainly wet day out on the golf course. Yeah. Yeah. Those were my um my wellies, my wellies. Yeah, your wellies. Yeah. What's I, just like imagine if there was a dress code at the skier. 
It's ridiculous. There are a lot of parallels. There are a lot of parallels. I think with Um, golf and ski culture and how they're great sports, but but the attire is atrocious. There's a lot of social pressure to wear a certain thing. Yeah. Yeah. I I couldn't agree more. Yeah, let's let's do what we want. Yeah, I'm totally fine with that. Okay, moving on. Yes. I've played with you a a number of times. Um, And the last time I played golf with you... um, you were doing classic hip hop on the speaker. Yeah. In the cart. In the cart. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. It just like it relaxed the whole situation. Yeah. Like I felt great. I still played like crap. But that's you know, that's regardless of the music. Yeah. I just enjoyed it more. Yeah. Um obviously you feel like this is a, this is a key. This is a win. It's, should this be widespread? I um uh, apparently there is a uh, actually a golf rule that actually it's <laughs> Ill- it's illegal. <laughs> sure. Because it uh, it enhances any sort of music or rhythm that is audible will potentially help your swing pace, and so in a competitive setting, it's not allowed. However, I think casually, I think it's super fun to have some tunes. That's not what we're really talking about. Is casually because yeah. I mean, I know that you're probably going to do the, the the league night or whatever yeah. it was again. Yeah, and tunes are not cool at league night. No, but 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 what like like I met you like yeah. I just happened to bump into you on, yeah. a, on a, a Thursday afternoon. Yeah, it was great when we saw the Bears. Was that it? Oh, that should be another segment. Another or we whole could just make it a segment right now. <laughs> yeah, the Bears. I mean, seeing the Bears at the course was pretty great this spring. There were a bunch of Bears. There were a couple on the front nine and a couple on the back nine. And that, that was that was awesome. There's there's two moms up there at Sugarbush. Yeah. And one mom has two yeah. Cubs and one has three. Yeah. And now they're on their, uh, their uh, yearlings, I guess, if, yeah. if you want to call them that. I mean, I, I had, I mean, we saw, what was that, on the second tee box? We yeah. saw that bear, just we saw the tree shaking, we're like, what the hell's going on? It was great. The bear just drops in front of us on the fairway <laughs> and, uh, and walks across. But then on like the uh, third, fourth, fifth tee box, um, several weeks later, there was a huge bear scat in the center of the tee box. Like, yeah. Right between... Right between the blue tees, and yeah. it seemed like a message was being sent that that was the Bears tee box. Yeah, um, but it's pretty great. I have to say, you know, I've seen at that Sugarbush course, you know, the wildlife up there has been amazing. That's awesome. There was we actually I don't know if I ever told you this story on the sixth hole. You know that ter- that really hard driving hole that everybody you know you get there. It's right after the par three, and it's a really hard drive just to yes. get this very yeah yeah. And uh, it's a little uphill, yeah, a little yeah. uphill. And my friend Taylor had a lovely little five iron, landed up there, it was kind of duskish. And uh, we're like, Oh, it's pretty good. And then a fox ran out of the woods, grabbed the ball, took it, and ran back <laughs> into the woods. And then, and then, and then we started telling people about that. And apparently, that ball, that fox had taken h- hundreds of balls, and somebody went up and found the fox den and just full of like chewed up Titleists. And um, you they know, were just little toys for him. Yeah, or eggs. He, just, he thought he they were enjoyed or, them. Yeah, he's like, oh, another one. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he was selling them. I don't know. Well, that that brings up another another issue. Um, animals like to have fun. Yeah. Well, they right? do for sure. And I think the golf course is probably pretty good fun. That's, That's a great place to hang out. Yeah. 
It's pretty good. I, th- I think it's there's good great. In- there's great people watching for them. There's yeah. They probably are sitting there. Look at that idiot. What a terrible swing. What an idiot. <laughs> oh, he's back. <laughs> oh, he's back again. Yeah, the tunes are great. I, I, I. It's an acquired taste, but once you get used to it, I, I couldn't. Uh, anyway, them. I, I loved it because yeah. My game is horrible, uh, and any kind of relief I get from my game, like music and and. Yeah. Run DMC and things like that. It helps. Just, yeah, it's so great. We had come up with a, and then we had actually come up with a, a competitive game. I can't remember what we called it, but essentially it was you could make a mixtape or a mix of the most annoying songs that you can oh, think of. Oh, wow. And make the other two some have to listen to those tunes in their cart for the entire round. Yeah. But uh, you may have mentioned this yeah. to me. Of. Yeah, it's like a weird kind of uh, torture, audio torture, audio torture, and and see yeah. how it, it turns into the scorecard. Yeah. Oh, that's... Oh. <laughs> All right. What's your next question? Next? All right. Um, I think we already covered this next section. Which which culture is worst? Because it seems that like and and as I explain to people, like golf and skiing are really great sports. Yeah. Everybody enjoys them. Yeah. The cultures are kind of abysmal. Yeah. Which is worse? That's a really hard thing. I, I My issue with golf right now is that uh, I really, like, the actual game itself, like, if I take you out there and you hit a ball and you hear the sound and you're walking around and it's dusk and we're by ourselves and, you you know, the feel of the swing and, you know, just being out there is a really pleasant and enjoyable thing. That's awesome. Right now, non-golfers, when they think about golf, they think about Donald Trump at Mar-a-Lago. And really? I think they do. Is that what you think? I do think. Like, so my in-laws who don't golf, when they think about golf, they think about all of that. They think about the that the that part of the golf culture. And I think that's a really Ooh. unfortunate thing for the game because it, it, it takes it away from being a sport and being a game. It makes it into being a lifestyle and a culture. And I think both skiing and golf and any other sports, surfing or biking or whatever, once it becomes more about not playing than the playing, and then you've got issues. And and I and I think And both are, are are a lot like that. They can be. And I think but it really depends on you know, I mean I I, I you know skiing is one of is arguably my sport of choice if I could do any sort of outdoor sport really? per day. And but it's really not for I mean I, I like to ski in very small groups or even by myself. Right. It, right. Like the the culture part is really uh, disassociated. You're just going right? up, you you get in your car, you go up, you yeah. take your runs. Take my runs or even or even hike up and do and, some backcountry skiing and like never see anybody. You right. Know? And so and that is really you know, uh, you know, there's no photos going on Instagram. There's no, you know, there's no, there's no. Right, because there's a lot. Party. There's a lot of the like, like you said before. There's, you know, right. what are you wearing? What, how are yeah. you looking? And and that sort of thing. Yeah, and there is, and uh, but I think, you know, it's really interesting. You know, the the ski culture is really different regionally, um, and I think there's a lot yeah. of, uh, you know, the hard part about skiing is like to. Unless you grow up in a ski town, it's really hard to say, I'm going to become a skier, like at age 45. 
and you know the cost that, and like where do I start and you feel like you're doing it all wrong and you're paying full that, retail for everything. That's just what I did this year. I know, and it's really, it's a huge barrier of entry. And oh it's, yeah, and not just for the sport part, but for the social and the cultural part. Like both both sports could do a large measure to help out the entry. A hundred percent. Yeah, and it's funny, like, and uh, and and to that point, like, they're skiing. Skiing does a really good job of making fun of beginners, mm-hmm. which I think is a really negative uh, thing. There's like a Instagram feed called Gaper of the Day, which is basically beginner skiers. Yeah, yeah. you know, and they take pictures and put it online, and and people laugh at it. And I don't think anybody does that in the golf world that I know of. I, I'm not. I'm certainly not paying attention to it. But like stuff like that, like making fun of the the beginners and the tourists and the people who are paying our salaries in a ski town is is a bad habit. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and and I, I I talk about it with my kids all the time. Like to know the difference between you know laughing at yourself and laughing at somebody else. You know, Absolutely. we we can all like you know on a stupid ski day where our goggles are coated with ice, we can laugh at ourselves. But like laughing at somebody else because they don't know how to get down a, a, a challenging run is a silly thing to do. Right. Um, but anyway, so, so it's interesting. I don't, I, 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 I wouldn't say golf or skiing is one is better or worse, uh, but I do think that, uh, you know, isolate the sport and why you're out there and the interacting with the landscape. It's, it's wonderful. And I, and honestly, I think that that's one of the best parts about Sugarbush and one of the worst parts actually for us with kids, because when I, when I take my kids golfing, if there's anybody else on the golf course, they start getting really stressed out and want to go home. You know, they're used to right. going out there and having it be our private golf course, and it's lovely because you can do whatever you want and right. You know, just kind of kick it. Uh, the best times that my boys have had playing is when they're out there with their friends, and no one's around. And yeah, they're, that's they're, how it should be. Yeah, they're doing, their, they're doing their hits. They're, they're making it happen. And, and, it, and like you're not under any pressure to finish in three hours and 45 minutes. You're just playing and right. you're moving ahead. And, 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 you know, I do think there's a point where you got to recognize the rest of the world. But at the same point, you know, enjoy the game, you know, and everything will also take care of itself. That's a nice quote. Wow. Look at you. Look at me. And I have to say, uh, for everybody listening out there, Drew Simmons, ace golfer. Ace golfer. I have seen you do great things out there. Yeah. Well, thank you. I. Uh, it's fun. It's fun to watch. Fun to watch. It's uh, you know, it's it's uh, when it's working, it feels fantastic. It only works for me about once every eighteen. But maybe imagine twice every eighteen holes. Golf is like imagine if you showed up for a gig, mm-hmm. and you couldn't remember how to play the drums. And like for the life of you, like you couldn't fucking do it. Yeah, that that would not happen. But but and that's kind of how golf is. Sometimes you'll show up. I know you've done just, it a lot. Like you will just go away. your time in. But it'll. I mean, it's a really weird. I mean, there's just so much going on. There's so much going on, and it's a it's a lot. Um, Which is wild because it's a terribly boring game. It really is, but it's just so hard. But they're right. Yeah, I mean that's really what we should be talking about. Right. It's like it's terribly boring game. It's so difficult. Yeah. But we love it so much. Well, I think What's up with that? I think that there's this inherent desire, especially among guys, 
mm-hmm. to want to conquer the game. I want to. I want yes. to. And I want to win yes. this game. And golf is an unwinnable game. And right. That's that's the that's you. You have to. So you look at the best golfers in the world. Best, you know, um, won the Masters, won the British Open, won yeah. them all. They still miss shots. They still miss putts. Like they still. They still have years they, where they don't they, do well. But you know, even when they win, like they still make mistakes. Like they never, you know, you have to. It's a really humbling sport, you know. And oh, I guess we could have the conversation: Is it a sport? Is it a game? Doesn't really matter. It's really hard, and especially when you put some money on it and you put some fans watching, it gets really. Yeah. Stressful. Can we shelve the? Is it a sport? Yeah, is we can. Like, to the last moment, yeah. I got a couple more things yeah, I want to get through with you. Yeah. And then I want to save that for the end because that's. For sure. That's the big one. Yeah. Um, hold on a second. So the the last or the last couple things. My chemical romance was what I named this next segment <laughs> of, of the golf uh, the golf expose. Okay. Do you feel like a lot of guys like to go out there and, and have a beer or two? Yeah. And various other things. The swing loop. Some people are great at that. Yeah. I'm not. I don't do yeah. any of that. Yeah. Um, because I just feel like, man, I'm already bad. It just kind of makes me worse. Yeah. I think that's probably true. Yeah, right? <laughs> I have seen yeah. some dudes, though, that are like, they're exceptional. Yeah. With all kinds of stuff going on. Many beers. What's funny, I think there's a book, uh, The Greatest Game Ever Played, that is about like the early days of professional golf in the yeah. 1900s, which is actually really great. It's like Walter Hagen and yeah. the dawn of professional golfing. And those guys are drunk the whole time. Like, there's just no doubt. That was a different era. But I do think that, um, like, once again, if you're out there by yourself and you're just trying to just trying to get a couple pars and just move the ball forward, that's one thing. But I think once you add the layer of competitiveness to it, and now you're playing for a couple bucks a hole and, you know, maybe on the 18. And um, and I do think that the crutch of a beer can help sort of push some of the noise out of your head. There's no True. doubt about it. But it's but it's like, but there's a line. It's a, it's not unlike... But it, it's a fairy tale from time to time. Because, oh, it's a, for sure. Because you'll, you'll be like, if I just have one... Yes. One cold one, I'll be good. You will for like three strokes. Exactly. And then it goes away. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I should maybe have another. And then it's really going to happen. (laughs) It's like playing bar pool, right? Like you have your zone, you know, between two and seven beers. There was a guy that I used to play golf with who called pool uh, winter golf. Yeah. There's a lot of similarities. No, that's the best. Like when I try to explain to people, you know, golf, like think about it like pool on a giant sphere. And actually, I don't know if you've heard about soccer golf which is something that they've done at some courses to try to get some youth out there. And it's the same game, but you just play with a soccer ball. And, you know, think about, and it's just funny, like then as a, as a player, you're thinking, well, how do I roll it off of that? And how do I avoid the trap? Because yeah. that's really all you're doing. And, um, you know, and, and I, I, I think gimmicks like that are perfectly good to get people out and, and active. I, I think that, uh, you know, all this talk about golf dying, you know, it, it's overbuilt. I mean, there are, like, Vermont's a great example. We have way too many golf courses in Vermont. Really? Way too many. Like, for the number of people that we have, 
Like there's, we have, so, we're, it's an embarrassment of golf, golf riches in Vermont. There's so many great courses with so many available tee times. If you were wealthy enough and idle enough to golf every day, you would be in heaven, you know? And, uh, yeah. um, and to that note, like some of those courses are not going to be sustainable. That's just sort of a unfortunate fact because there, if there was a big boom, right. When Tiger was on his tear and, Everybody's like golf's going to be the That's, next major thing. Let's yeah. all build a golf course and build houses around yeah. it. Like, there's just too many courses. You know, there's no doubt about. It. We don't need every course to be dead all the time. Like, that's not that's not sustainable, right? And I wonder how if that's how it is around the state that that they just can't get enough people to play. Well, I think some, it would seem that way some, because every course has a special yeah. running or Sundays are free and yeah, I blah, think blah, blah. some are different than others. You know, some courses I think are doing just fine. I think, you know, Burlington courses are, you're drowning in people, but it's interesting. Like, yeah, you go down sure. to, I always, you know, it, it's really easy in Vermont to get stuck in this idea that like we're on an Island and, and not realize that, three hours away in Boston, right? you can't get a tea time because right. it's like overflowing with people. And, and people will come up, yeah. stay, at a, stay at a ski house and go play golf. There are 85 million people within a five-hour drive of Vermont. Eventually, they're coming. Right? Yeah. Like just, just cool your jets. Like don't, don't pave it all over yet. Like, well, that's interesting too because like, you know, there's so many golf courses in Vermont. Aren't they, aren't there plenty of them for all the people that can't get a tea time and Boston or Western Mass or Montreal or whatever. That's, that's, you know, I think that's the long-term plays. Like, that's, I mean, yeah. there are people who will go to, you know, what is it? You know, the, 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 the New York courses on Long Island and get there at like five in the morning, hoping for a tea time sometime in the day and will wait in the parking lot, you know, which is crazy. So like, at, why that, not, um, at the, at the, at the, Shinnecock or whatever it is. And like, you know, or what's or, the, the, what's the, the big state park? Beth Page. Beth Page Black. Yeah, exactly. Why not take those extra couple hours and drive up to Vermont and have the whole course to yourself? There's a pitch, <laughs> right? ladies and gentlemen. If you want to go to Beth Page, why not just drive up to Sugar I mean, seriously. Like, yeah, it's insane. absolutely. It's insanity. It's the same amount of time. You're going to have a way better experience. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. You know, we have, like, we're, there are tea times available, trust me. And, like, the courses are remarkable. Like, the, you know, you have Country Club of Vermont, which is arguably the, one of the best courses I've ever played in my life. And wow. And it's in Waterbury. I mean, it's amazing. And you have Green Mountain National. Yeah. Um, Sugarbush actually, I think is a gem of a course. Yep. Um, and then you've got like starter courses like Blush Hill, which I think is a fantastic like beginner That's course. That's great. And Northfield course. I mean, and then you get it and that's not, and, you know, and Middlebury college has a course. There's all these courses in Burlington. I mean, there's tons of golf and, yeah, you know Barry Stowe. It, it's we're surrounded. Barry Country Club. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, just kind of going off the getting me all golf. North Northfield Country Club. Yeah, I love it. They they used to have a restaurant in there, and it changed. But I remember everybody talking about it for a long time. Of like, there was a Chinese restaurant at the golf course. At the golf course. Do you remember this? I don't. This is the one that has the train tracks that goes past the course and. Like you have to cross the road. It's right. It's right down Route One Hundred. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, you don't know. We talk about White River Junction course or the well, yes. Northfield course. White River course. Yes, the White River course. Yeah. Um, I don't know White River. I played it a couple times, and then it looks really flat. It is, and it's like it. 
uh, during Hurricane Irene, that was really underwater. Oh, was it? Yeah. But I don't think it really impacted it. It might have helped the greens. Yeah, there was like a Chinese <laughs> restaurant that everybody was yeah. like raving about. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. And, and, and yeah. now it's a pizza place or something. Yeah. Yeah. I still, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything about that. I'm not a Chinese guy. Eh. Yeah. Yeah. Are you a Chinese food guy? I do love that. So you do? Yeah. All right. Let's we check. recently went to New York over our little spring break. Just to get Chinese food? Yeah, we did some stuff, and we got some Chinese food. Good, good for you. That was good. Yeah. Okay, one, right. la one last thing. Okay. Tiger. It's the last of our golf discussions for, for today. Okay. It seems that he's on his way back. Yeah. And he certainly made the game better. He did. He's pretty much... Toast? He's pretty much a terrible guy. You know, yeah. I, I think everybody can probably agree on that. But he has a tremendous amount of fans. I have to count myself one of them just because the stuff I saw for 10 plus years yeah. was Ridiculous. amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Is he going to come back all the way or at least part of the way? And I think he's trying to break the. The record for yeah. majors. I think... Um, what does he need? Two? Three? Something like that? When Jack Nicholas was a... I feel like Jack Nicholas was a, older than Tiger when he like won the Masters the last time. You know, and I... There was that famous, like, what was it? 86 or... Something or like that. Watson or something. And he kind of, you know... He was over the hill. Yeah. And he was never going to win again. Yeah. And he came back and won it. Tiger can Tiger will be able to do that until he's seventy. Like the guy can crush the ball. To, you know, he's he has you know since he's won the Masters, he has a lifetime exemption. He can show up and play. Right, forever. he can always play. He can always play. Um, it's a Masters. It's a tournament. He can always. He can into. always play, and so he could very easily. I mean, he's got the game. You know, the thing when Tiger was on, part of. Part of it was, I mean, part of it was he was an, he's an amazing golfer, could hit it a long way, he's an amazing yeah. technician. Part of it was also he's a, a, a personally competitive guy. And he would do, Usually. do stuff on the course to impact the other people in his group, like the fist pumps to get the crowds going. The, you know, and, and my understanding is when he was at the peak of his game, if you were paired with Tiger, you were dreading it because you you were gonna you were gonna have the worst round of your life. Just being right, in his presence, you were you were isolated, and he was gonna because crush. he was not gonna talk to you. No, and there were gonna, gonna be mobs you. of yeah. people screaming for him, for him, and he would like tee off first and walk out in front of you, and you know, and you know, yeah, he was always. On uh, had a home court advantage, and he Always. would you know take uh, exceedingly long times to prep for a shot, <laughs> like to the point where it would, you know, push all the limits of timing and all that other stuff. You know that that said, you know, he created a generation of pro golfers that now are are equally intense and could give two shits about him. And uh, they're not intimidated, and they all, you know, I don't know, I don't think any of those guys have pulse rates that go above 60 beats per minute. I mean, they're remarkable. 
They, uh, they, they, like, you know, when they... Like your Rory's and your Jordan Spieth's and your Ricky Fowler's and all those guys. A little bit thin skin. Maybe. He's he's kind of inheriting the Colin Montgomery. Your Justin Johnson. DJ, like, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's on, if if that guy's not on Valium, you know, I don't know. I don't know who is. Right. It's remarkable. They're so mellow. And they're, and they're, you know, and it's an amazing... You know, it's just an amazing thing. Like, don't like put put your athlete, you know, sport versus game part of it aside, and imagine trying to tie your shoes in front of a crowd of a hundred thousand people with three billion people watching you on TV. You know, and don't think that you're not going to get it maybe wrong once, and then try to do something harder than that, and do it for five hours is is uh, is remarkable. Like like the the the, the sort of competitive steel that those people have is is amazing. It's totally amazing, and it you know obviously transforms or trans you know it goes across all different sports. Yeah, uh, LeBron, uh, Michael Jordan, uh, various different athletes. Whereas, but those guys get to move. You know, they get to move true. and they get to bounce and they get to take a break and they have a coach. You know, these yeah. guys like are. It's these you know series of isolated ball strikes, which is just, I mean, it is like a giant game of pool, which is really weird. It's terrifying. Yeah. And I think that, that people don't realize that about that sport. Yeah. Is that, and, well, we were going to get in yes. into the conversation, and this might be the segue of whether it's a sport or a game. Mm. And I think, I may have brought this up on the show before, about my wife and I battling about this issue. Physically? Never. 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 Okay. But we've been battling for years about various different things and whether they're sport or a game. Has she ever walked 18 at Cherubish? That course is brutal. She does not play golf. I will say that she has run up Mount Washington three times. Yeah. All right. Well, that's fair. Yeah. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's she knows not a game. She knows what she's talking about. Yeah, no, I, I, but but yeah. for her, it's like you. There has to be an aerobic, yeah, portion of the game to right. make it a sport. What? Otherwise, it's not a sport. Yeah, and to me, it's like there just has to be athletic ability. But I think there's, and know, it has to be outside. Well, here's the thing: is I think uh, you know. If you walk Sugarbush and you're playing in a competitive round, mm-hmm. you are going to be fatigued and you're going to start making bad decisions. Totally. And 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 I think fatigue and decision making, like we were having that conversation earlier about like, you know, what are, what are we teaching kids when we're coaching them to play a sport? We're yeah. teaching them about decision making and yeah. decision making under duress. And yeah. and and you know, at that sort of athletic, the fatigue, the 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 grind of playing like 18 holes right it wears on you you know and yeah. like like oh i just want it to be over you don't take as much time as you should to line up a shot all of a sudden you spray one right and then all of a sudden you lose a round because you you, you know you you slipped right. and 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 um and, you know and, and i think a lacrosse game or a basketball game or a soccer game the same things happen like you, you have to you know Fatigue starts to get into your brain, and then you make bad decisions. And like, I'm just going to go to the goal, like instead of running the play. Um, and, and so, in my mind, I think it. I think it is a sport. You know, I guess the game is. Um, 
I guess is lower stakes. I just think like like chess is a game. Chess is a game. Yeah. Tiddlywinks is a game. Yeah. Right. Darts. Darts is a game. Yeah. Really, to me, it's like if it's indoor. Yeah. But of course, you know, there's basketball. There's all sorts of things that are indoor. Yeah. Tennis. Did you? Of course. Yeah. 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 But like, it, it takes so much and so much ability. Yeah. To be able to put this ball within five feet <laughs> I know. of that hole. It's really hard. It's really hard. It's really hard. And, and it's it really takes fun. a lot of practice. And it's, I don't know. Yeah. And there's some physical ability. They don't always look like athletes. True story. True story. However, I think that, you know, um, one of my other favorite sports is Ultimate Frisbee. Um, and I played for years. Oh, and I right played, on. Uh, you know, uh, casual pickup. I played a little bit of men's club and things like that. And I will say that um, looks are always deceiving in ultimate frisbee. Like you'll see a, <laughs> a little pot-bellied guy that you're lining up to cover, and he'll be the fastest, yeah, most athletic person you ever met. And and I think that that sort of bias that athletes have to be ripped and have six-pack abs is a bit of a you have a sucker bet, you know, it's a bit of like, you can't like, and it's, you know, I think it's, you know, athletes come in all shapes and sizes and, and, um, but we, we are sort of conditioned to believe that they have to be, you have to be ripped. To be ripped. I think that this debate with my wife started when David Wells was pitching for the Yankees. <laughs> do you remember him? I do remember David Wells. <laughs> he did not look like an athlete. He was a huge dude and he was a great pitcher. He was a World Series pitcher. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Do great. Yeah. Competitor. Yeah. Aggressive. And I was like, what What does it matter? Like yeah. sumo wrestlers, man. They're huge. <laughs> That's their sport. Exactly. Anyway. It's, yeah. It, it's, it's not the be all end all, but. Yeah. 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 No, David Wells. I can't remember. I believe. I, I can actually picture. I picture a kind of balding, white, kind of chubby guy um, whose hat barely fit on his head. I'm pretty sure that's him. Yeah. And he was, t- he was tall. Yeah, well, all those guys are pretty tall, right? They are tall. Yeah. It helps, I think. And then they're on the big mound. You can't and... throw that ball like 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 you need to when yeah. you're short. Baseball is another one. Like much like the podcast, like I want to like baseball and I'll keep trying. Yeah, it's it it's it is. I mean, it's funny. Like I know how hard it is. I go to bat. I've been to batting cages and like that. You put it on the pitch speed of you know, 45 miles an hour and I can kind of hit it and it goes up to 60 miles an hour and I can not really hit it. And you go up to 75, like I can't even see the ball. And then like you imagine these pros are 95 plus. Like there's just, I don't even know, how do you even, I, I can't even process it, honestly. It kind of scares me a little bit. I think that they're looking at the movement before the ball comes out and they're judging it on that and swinging based on that. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I definitely, like, it's it's mind-boggling. But I think it's like, you know... It's, and Mookie Betts for the Red Sox <laughs> just hit his fourth three-run homer game yesterday. Really? Yeah, and it's May. Don't waste it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> save it. No, you just got to hammer it when it comes. Save it. Yeah, you can't save up on that stuff. Yeah. All right, okay, so, hold on. Lastly. Lastly. What, do you have any goals for your, your golf season this, this spring and summer? I mean, at this point, I'm just going to hope to play a little bit. 
You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, like my... Uh, yeah, that's always the you best. You know, it's like every year for me on golf is like, oh, is this going to be in my last year where I'm going to play a lot? And I really have no idea. Um, yeah. I hope, uh, you know, there's, you know, just it's like, you know, I think the enjoyment of golf is really based on your expectations. And like, as soon as you start expecting too much out of your golf game, like that's that's when it's going to go downhill. Yeah. You know, I think yep. getting out there, swinging, having some fun, you know, I, I think, uh, I think golf for me, like the golf is like, as you sort of head into the 4th of July week to try to get a couple rounds in so that I can be decent when the, when there's a little downtime. And you're going to do the, the league again. I think so. Yeah. I was Which talking about Wednesday, Wednesday night, Wednesday night league night yeah. with Pauly D. Yeah. We were, last place last year which is was awesome right so like our i think i helped out in some situation by getting a birdie <laughs> yeah when you weren't there. You're actually that was like one of our one week one of our one wins <laughs> it was awesome but it was really great it was just a great way to get out and you know hang out and and meet yeah. some people and and it's really interesting i, I you know when i first I, well uh, there's two, two reasons i started playing golf in the valley when i first moved to the valley i started playing golf just to meet a couple people yeah because i wasn't really sure the kids were teeny i was definitely not right, right social it was a great way to kind of meet a couple people and then the other time i started playing golf was uh you know um shit it was 12 years ago when i was going through chemotherapy and i was oh, realizing wow. that like the chemo makes you Feel, kind of feel like you're hungover all the time. and But I realized that even a little sort of light bit of exercise didn't make it worse. And really during chemo, you're just trying to kill time. And so I golfed a ton. And actually, oh. so, so that's really when I started. That was like the, the, that was when I really played a ton. And then, and then when the chemo and the started. the chemo, you had, uh, you had colon cancer? I had colon cancer. Yeah. yeah stage 3B colon cancer. Yep. Um, I had surgery, yeah, uh, and then did six months chemo um, through the summer, and uh, and golfed golfed a fair amount. I, wa- I walked a lot, but it was and it was just it was good distraction. Because the thing about like when you're when you're in the cancer thing, like uh, that's all you're thinking about all the of time, course. right? That's all you're thinking about, and so like anything you can do to not think about it. And like, kind of kick, you know, is, is really. I well, yeah, golf. I th- maybe we've gotten to the heart of it at the very end of the yeah. of the pod. Is is that's what golf is, yeah. and that's what it can 100%. give you. Is that I don't think about anything else. That's exactly right. That is exactly that's one hundred percent right. Because if you're thinking about your emails or your something at home or whatever, you're gonna have a shitty round. Like, yeah, you know, and, and, and you like, shouldn't be there. Yes, yeah. obviously you have something to attend to. Yeah, and but if, but if you can focus on the dumbest like golf shit, right? Then you're gonna then it's really fun, you know. And it does force you to kind of push. And I, I do think that I I think you're 100 percent right. That's why people love it because it allows them to kind of push out all that other stuff. Like you're just thinking about your swing and right. trying to set up for the next right. shot, and and it's this little vacation from whatever world that you've been in. And honestly, that's probably why politicians and business people really like it, is because sure. it does it does force them to kind of put all that other stuff aside. Everybody, like this whole idea that it's this like networking thing is a ridiculous idea. That is a um, totally. It's it's all about it's it's a very social game. 
Uh, and it is all about getting out of that world that you're in. Yeah, correct. And then just being in this other culture, um, which is pretty great. And then, and I think other sports are like that as well. I think golf is, you know, requires you to really focus on it. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise you're not going to play particularly well. Um, and uh, right. But I think that's exactly right. Totally. 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 Um, this has been great, man. Yeah. Uh, it's been. Pleasure, despite the fact that we were stood up tonight, <laughs> Sheldon. That was our first. That was our first stand up. Yeah. Uh, it's been eleven episodes. I really think it kind of went better without him. <laughs> I just want to kind of go on the record. You know, I, I had a couple questions for Sheldon, but actually, I think I, I'm. I think it was really good. Just not. I mean, I'm looking at the chair. It's empty. We have like a little. We have the empty chair. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But uh, you know, maybe he'll. Maybe he'll reconsider and show up some later day. Uh, if he's invited back. Well, we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, that's that's debatable. We'll say, although although he's got a remarkable golf story. I mean, he was a bad golfer. Yeah. Uh, lefty. Okay. And then he switched to righty and just completely rebuilt his game. And now he's a bad golfer, golfer on the right side, too. Oh, which great. Which is a fairly remarkable thing to be a bad golfer on both sides. That's really amazing. Yeah, it is. I always see. I always looked at him and I was like, "Oh, he's probably the golfer." But you no, think? he. But no, he just worked in the pro shop and, <laughs> and got and got discounts on golf. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we've exposed the true story of Sheldon. But I think that was good. I think it was good to justice has been served. I think it was good to dig in a little bit, just the two of us on some golf stuff. I think it was fun. I'm looking forward to it, and uh, thank you for listening, folks. As always. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes, please give us a rating. And if you have questions, comments, pictures, links, music, beer you want us to try, go to superlocalpod at gmail.com. Nice. Is that really what it is? Let's hope so. <laughs> Link in the bio. High fives. High fives. High fives. High fives. High fives. High fives.